everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dark Crossroads. This is your host, Roxanne Fletcher, and today we're doing another episode of Creepy Corner. These are episodes where I read stories to you guys that are sent in to us through our email, covering all things between paranormal to true crime or whatever else you want read on the podcast. If you want a story read on Creepy Corner, just email it to us at darkcrossroadspodcast at gmail.com. It can be about anything. We do themed ones right now, but we're going to start mixing it up a little bit. So send in your stories and leave out anything that you don't want read. But with that said, let's just jump right in. Alrighty, so today's episode is kind of themed haunted cars or anything in that realm. So our first story starts, my first car was a 1971 Ford Torino four-door. I was 16 years old in 1986, and there were times that I would see a dark gray silhouette of a person in the back seat from time to time in my rearview mirror. I knew nothing of shadow people back then and would just brush the sight of that image from my mind and just continue driving. One night, my on-and-off-again boyfriend and I were arguing at a friend's house. I got so mad at my boyfriend, I ran outside the house, onto the roof of my car, and jumped up and down, caving the roof in. I was trying to drive my side of the argument into his head, punctuating my words with every bounce upon my poor car. (laughs) When the argument was over, I calmed down and then laid down upon the bench seat and used my legs to pop most of the roof back into place. From that night on, and several days after, the triangle turned signal lights on the dashboard would light up like angry eyes glaring at me every time I hit the brakes. Alrighty, so our next story starts. My uncle had an old ambulance, think Ghostbuster style, that he swore up and down was haunted. He restored vintage cars and he had gotten it as part of a trade. Someone had spent some time and money restoring it because it was beautiful and ran perfectly. He wouldn't drive it, he wouldn't let anybody else drive it, and he wouldn't sell or trade it. No one could ever get a story out of him about what made him think that it was haunted. Before he died, he made everybody promise him that they would not drive it and that they would sell it to somebody that they didn't know. My best friend had a 2003 Chrysler Sabring that she bought used. The lights would go on and off in it randomly. The seats would be warm, damp, like a sweaty person had sat in it, even though nobody had been in the car overnight. You can occasionally feel someone breathing down your neck from the back seat and felt watched the entire time that you were in this car. Songs would play that you knew were not on the CD you were listening to or on the radio. We caught a couple of EVPs in this car too. After the EVPs, she decided to get rid of it. Alrighty, so next story starts. Sometimes when I'm driving at night, I can feel somebody sitting behind me, just grinding their knees into the back of my seat. The person would have to be extremely tall and skinny because I feel it in my upper back. I felt it in multiple vehicles, and on one occasion, my older brother felt it too. I also felt it once from the seat cushions on my old couch. I sat up, pushed into the seat, and I swear I felt it in my hands. Up until that point, I brush it off as some weird nervous system disorder. So this next story starts. Hey guys, have I got a story for you. Can cars actually become haunted? Well, I've seen some really weird stuff in my car. This isn't a scary story for the record. This is 100% for real, and it has been happening for the past couple of years. 
I drive a 10-year-old red Toyota Corolla. A bitch in color, if I do say so myself. (laughs) I'm its second owner, the first owners being my parents. I bought it off of them last year when they retired and decided to ditch their house and car in favor of their truck and trailer. Point being, this isn't some used refurbished car I got off of Craigslist after it killed a bunch of innocent kids in a horrible traffic incident. I mean, it has had a few bumps and bruises along the way. My sister once told us that car insurance companies charge higher rates for red cars because they tend to be involved in traffic accidents more often. For the record, this is not true. The color of your car does not affect insurance rates. Despite the fact that my sister's claim was wrong, I cannot deny that the car has gotten in a lot of minor accidents compared to the other cars my parents drove over the years. It would be easy to blame the incidents on the fact that the Corolla was driven by two new drivers, being my sister and I, as well as my parents, but my sister never hit anything and I only scratched it once. I felt absolutely awful about it. It was one of my first times taking it out and I was backing out of a grocery store parking lot. My bumper scraped another car's bumper, just enough for a little dirt to transfer from one car to the other. I obviously freaked out and waited for the car's driver. They just laughed, thanked me for waiting, and left without taking down any of my information. It was so small and insignificant, but to this day, I park at the far end of parking lots and walk the rest of the way. Every other incident occurred while one of my parents was behind the wheel. Mom once backed up into a cement post. My dad got rear-ended by a truck and ended up hitting one of those trailer balls on the car in front of him. There's still a hole-shaped mark in our front bumper, which makes it easy to spot my car. And at some point, someone crashed into the side of this vehicle. There are also unexplained scratches on the car, like someone trying to key it but not using an instrument sharp enough to do the trick. No injuries, no deaths, definitely nothing that qualifies as a reason for a car to be haunted. I remember one day my dad, sister, and I were driving to the library. I saw an old man get on the road as we were passing. My eyes widened and my heart came to a halt when I realized my father was not stopping the car. I nearly shouted, fully expecting to hear a thud at any moment, but nothing happened. I looked back, but there was no one on the street. Didn't you see that guy? I asked my dad and my sister. Neither of them had a clue what I was talking about. Ghost pedestrian? Who the fuck knows? What really spooks me is what I've been seeing in the car since then. Back in our old house, the kitchen overlooked a living room with large bay windows pointed straight at the driveway. Every now and then, I would turn around and see someone's figure in the driver's seat. I'm not talking about a creepy shadow in the night, either. I mean, I was doing the dishes after making lunch, and there would be a silhouette in there. It didn't disappear when I blinked. I'd usually get distracted for a moment and look again, only to find the car was empty. This happened all of the time. At least twice a month, one night I was driving back home, and I looked in the rearview mirror. You know, in those horror movies when you see a figure in the mirror? And holy shit, it happened. I very, very clearly saw a man sitting in the back seat. I turned my head, but of course, there was nothing there. I recently moved and the car cannot be seen from any of my windows. I see the car when I get out of the bus and when I take out the trash. When I do, oftentimes, I'll see a figure in there. 
Heck, just last week I went to the grocery store and on my way back to the car, I got this weird feeling. I looked up and there was somebody in the driver's seat. It doesn't matter what angle the car is in either. I've seen silhouette straight on from the back and from the side. So what do you think? Can cars become haunted? Is my car haunted? How the heck does a car even get haunted? This story was sent in anonymously, but I just have to say, whoever sent this in, you're an amazing writer, and this experience truly sounds terrifying. This next story starts, I owned a cursed car. It was a green Saturn. When I got out of the car a few times, there were strange black marks on my face, like if I touched grease and then touched my face. My hands were clean. I could not explain it. I had that car only five weeks, and I killed two cats, an armadillo, a fox, and a big-ass deer. My tire blew out on the highway, and I ended up totaling this car. I think the previous owner was into witchcraft or something because, damn, that's a lot of death and destruction only in five weeks. That was 16 years ago, and I have never killed another animal on the road since. This next story starts... My grandfather's old international truck used to start up on its own and follow my father around when he was working outside at the farm. This happened after my grandfather had passed away. My grandfather loved that truck, and he loved my dad and the farm. Pretty cool, he was still keeping an eye on things. My mom would watch it driving by itself all the time, and she said it made her feel safer knowing he was still around. Alrighty, so this next story starts... I was driving across country with my mother and sister when I was 16 years old and my sister was 20. It was late, but we were well rested still and alert. We were driving along an interstate and we really needed gas and a bathroom break. So we stopped at the only rest stop in 200 miles. There was a van full of teenagers on a road trip at the gas station, as well as a small gray car parked at the pump in front of us with two young men standing still outside of it. When we got there, everything felt wrong. We'd been on the road for days and seen many rest stops at night and had never been afraid until then. My mom and my sister went inside and I stayed in the car. I heard the teenagers say that they were creeped out and couldn't get the pump to work, and they left in a hurry. I was watching the car in front of us and the two men had not moved at all. Not an inch. They weren't talking. They weren't on phones. They were just standing there, still as stone. My sister and my mom came running back out to the car, and when they got in, the two men slowly turned to look at us, while not moving or pivoting the rest of their bodies. And I swear to fucking shit, we all saw the same thing. They had eyes, dark as pitch and empty. Truly empty. Not black, not reflecting any light at all just a void. We sped out of there and didn't stop until we were in the next city. The worst thing about the entire experience? We couldn't find the place on any map. We knew exactly which spot on the interstate to look, and we couldn't find it on Google Maps or any paper map that we had. We even asked locals about the creepy gas station out on the stretch of road and only got confused looks. We've traveled on that interstate since, and there is no rest stop there. Alrighty, so our next story starts, it came for us in the graveyard. We were driving my friend's really old, beat-up Subaru through a massive graveyard. We stopped and we walked down a hill and came across a little pond. There was somebody sitting on a rock on the other side of this pond. 
The figure was all black and we couldn't make out any features other than the fact that it looked like a man who was wearing some old style top hat. We stupidly waved and shouted hi. He didn't show any acknowledgement and continued sitting still on this rock. All of a sudden, he jumped to his feet and started running to us on the water and then vanished in thin water about halfway on the pond. My friends and I screamed and ran back to the car. The car wouldn't start and we heard something banging on the back of the car. It wasn't a constant bang, but every few seconds or so we would hear it. Nobody was outside from what we could see in the dark, but something was making a noise on that car. I opened my phone and I started dialing my mom to come give us a boost, but I had no service. None of us had any cell service. The next 30 minutes were spent trying to get her car started. No banging was heard afterwards, but we felt this heavy pressure all around us. Finally, the car started and she hit the pedal to the metal. We sped out of that graveyard so fast. Immediately crossing the gates, all of our phones regained cell service. One thing I know for certain is that somebody or something was out there, and it was not an animal or a human. Alrighty, so this next story starts, When I was 37, I went to my high school reunion. I flew into the nearest airport and I rented a car. The distance was about 35 miles to a very rural and almost abandoned part of the country. About three miles outside of the town, I see someone on the side of the road flagging me down. It turned out that it was one of the guys that I attended school with. Jim, which is not his actual name, gets in the car and we start talking. I had not seen him in nearly 20 years, but he still looked almost exactly the same, just maybe a little bit older. We get to town and I ask him if he wants to come to the VFW and have a drink. He says, no, just take me home. Jim's parents had lived only a few blocks from my grandmother's house, and I turned in that direction, but he said to take him to the outskirts of town. There was a mobile home park out there, and I figured maybe that's where he lives. When we reached the end of the turnoff, he says, just drop me off here. It was good to see you again. And he walks off into the night. I go to the VFW. I met some of my old classmates, and we start to talk. As we're talking about who was coming to the reunion, I mentioned that I had just picked Jim up three miles east of town and had dropped him off. Suddenly, everybody gets quiet. Even the guy singing karaoke stops and lays down the mic. My cousin goes white as a new t-shirt. Barb, Jim died on that curve eight years ago. He rolled his car. We were all at his funeral. I was told this and I started to feel really dizzy, and I went out to the car to take some deep breaths. There on the seat is the local newspaper, printed eight years previous, containing Jim's obituary. I still have this newspaper. Alrighty, so our last story starts. Back in 2005, I was in a band that toured the country in a 15-passenger van with a trailer. We were on the way from Columbus, Ohio to Erie, Pennsylvania. The show had been canceled in Ohio due to a power outage, so we decided to get on the road early as we had friends in Erie who were taking us in for the night. I'll never forget this moment for the rest of my life. We were all having a conversation, keep in mind there were eight of us total in the van, when the driver and passenger both shouted simultaneously, what the hell was that? I'm getting goosebumps on my arms right now just remembering the event. I was sitting behind the driver with my back against the window, and I didn't see anything, but we heard a whooshing 
sound as if something flew right over the van. My friend, who was sitting next to me, looked like he had just seen a ghost. We wound up pulling over on the side of the road because everyone was freaking out, thinking we hit something. Nothing was found, but both the passenger and driver said that they saw a tall black figure lunge at the van from the shoulder of the left lane. My friend, who was sitting next to me, said the same thing. The next day, we inspected the van in the daylight and noticed that there were streak marks across the roof of the van. Alrighty guys, so thanks for checking in again today and listening to another episode of Dark Crossroads. This has been such a wonderful journey and I'm enjoying it so much. I've always wanted to start a podcast and now that I have, I'm soaking it all in and I'm loving all the support and feedback that I have been getting. So don't forget to like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Um, Follow us on social media. Send us your stories to darkcrossroadspodcast at gmail.com. Check out the website and message us and just say hi and let us know what you're thinking. All right. With that said, I will see you later for our next true crime case. Bye. Oh, and don't forget to not trust anybody. Dark Crossroads Podcast is brought to you by Problem Wildlife. Problem Wildlife serves Western Massachusetts and has been humanely protecting your house and family from unwanted pests for over 20 years. Take back your space with an animal control service that you can trust. They are family-owned, fully licensed, and are knowledgeable and dependable. To find out more about their services, simply visit their website at www.problemwildliferemoval.com. Again, that's www.problemwildliferemoval.com. And the website will also be included in our show notes. Curiosity Box delivers the cerebral fascination of Vsauce right to your door through engaging science toys, surprising puzzles, and books that expand our understanding of the universe. The creators worked together to create, design, and handpick each illuminating item in the Curiosity Box, including constructive kits, brain games, and imaginative custom t-shirts. Every quarterly delivery will turn your home into a laboratory of wonder. If you have always been curious about the world around you, then subscribe to the Curiosity Box and have access to the most popular science education network on YouTube as it energizes a community of Earth's most inquisitive minds with videos spanning science, math, and the human experience. And now all of that passion is in a box pulled out the screen and put in your hands. You can also receive monthly courses spanning popular academic disciplines to inspire and nurture the next generation of curious thinkers, innovators, and inventors. They are delivering a deeper learning experience through AR, VR, and video lessons on the MEL app. Join the curious community on their journey to explore the world, celebrate the amazing, and support brains for the future of our pale blue dot and beyond.